Welcome to the Bible in the News for March 6, 2009. This is Jonathan Bowen joining you. The world remains in economic turmoil, and this holds most of the headlines. The size and scope of this crisis is hard to fathom. The U.S. bailout package alone now tops $700 billion. It is hard for us to get our heads around $700 billion. Analysts have pointed out that $700 billion equates to paying approximately $1 million every day since the birth of Christ until now. Yet when you combine the bailouts of Wall Street, AIG, and other insurance and monetary institutions, the figures surpass $1 trillion in the U.S. alone. Many countries around the world have been taking similar actions, scaled to the size of their own economies. Governments around the world are so focused on their own economic problems that they are not looking at other problems around the world. While this economic earthquake may redefine the economies and political landscape, we look to see how nations are positioning themselves going forward. Martin Savage, anchor of World Focus, an American news program, had the following to say. So many of these economies around the world are in so much trouble. So many governments are in trouble because of internal pressure. They've got to solve the economic crisis. You're not going to see as many international problems come up in the world. Everybody is so focused on their own problems, whether or not their government can survive this economic downturn, they can't go out there and cause trouble in other parts of the world. You know, we have this overture that's being made to Russia. Why are the overtures being made about, you know, if you don't support Iran with its nuclear missile program, then the United States is willing to back off its missile defense system it was placing in Eastern Europe. Again, why does Russia want to perhaps listen to that? Because Russia's got a deep economic problem. They right now need to focus on what's happening there. Hillary is basically offering them an olive branch, saying, look, we know you've got trouble at home. Here's one way we can help you resolve it. So she's reaching out. This really could, back to the economy, could break up the alliance of NATO in many ways. It puts a great deal of strain on it, as it does the European Union, because everybody is turning inward to solve a problem that we know needs to be tackled by everybody coming together globally. The scriptures support what Mr. Savage had to say about the future collapse of NATO as the North American European Defense Organization. We know, as discussed last week, that Europe has a combined destiny which excludes Britain and the USA in the time of the end, which will make war with the Lamb. But while many nations are looking internally, we know that the scriptures have indicated a course to be taken by many nations in the time of the end, especially Russia. This past week, we have seen Russia playing hardball with the U.S. over the Kyrgyzstan military base the U.S. uses to launch attacks on Afghanistan. The Russia news agency Russia Today reported on March 6, 2009, Kyrgyzstan's parliament has voted to rescind the agreements with 11 countries that allow them to place military contingents at Manus Air Base. On February 20th, Kyrgyz president signed a decree to close the Manus base operated by the U.S. in northern Kyrgyzstan. On February 20, 2009, Russia Today had reported that the Kyrgyz president has signed a bill on the closure of the American military base in Manus. The Pentagon has been sent official notice, and now base personnel have to leave within 180 days. Why would Kyrgyzstan take such a hard line? The Russia Today article continued, Some observers maintain that the decision was the result of the financial benefits which Moscow had agreed to provide to Kyrgyzstan, including a U.S. $300 million loan and aid worth U.S. $150 million. 
Russia has also agreed to invest $1.7 billion U.S. into a hydro power plant which is under construction in Kyrgyzstan. One has to wonder what is behind this Russian proxy pressure tactic being levied through Kyrgyzstan. Well, we have seen some clues in the invitation made by NATO to have Russia resume relations with them. The West is being forced to admit that Russia is a force to be reckoned with. The NATO Secretary General announced the decision at a media conference. Russia is an important player. Russia is a global player. Uh, and that, that means that not talking to them uh, is, is, not, is, not, is not an option. Afghanistan is a case in point where uh, I think NATO and, and, and Russia can uh, better uh, work together. The fight against terrorism is another one. The fight against narcotics is another one. The proliferation of weapons of mass destruction is another one. Following this, Russia's envoy to NATO, Dmitry Rogozin, stated... Now NATO has a lot of problems in Afghanistan, and without Russian support uh, in the case of uh, transit of goods for ISF troops in um, Afghanistan, uh, nobody can uh, say how this operation can finish. So we have a lot of uh, uh, directions for our cooperation in another way, for example, uh, uh, fighting against terrorism, against drugs, uh, etc. So NATO has a lot of interest to restore the cooperation with Russia. So is Russia simply posturing itself to be a good neighbor with the United States and help with solving some of the international issues around the world, hoping to reconnect friendly ties? Well, the Bible paints a different role for Russia. It is the antagonist to the West, as described by Daniel chapter 11. There are two powers, a king of the north and a king of the south. They are hostile one to another, and eventually the king of the south, the U.S.-Britain-led coalition, will provoke a response from Russia, the king of the north. Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 to 41 states, At the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. The Bible also gives a clear picture of her future role in Europe. Ezekiel 38 verse 7 speaks of Gog, the prince of Rosh, or Russia, in the following terms. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. Ezekiel 38 verse 7. The word guard means to hedge about, or to watch as a prisoner is watched by a guard. So we look to Russia, while the fog of economic crisis clouds the world vision, we wonder what evil thought is she thinking? A glimpse of this evil thought is given by Maxim Bratursky, political analyst for the Higher School of Economics in Moscow. On one hand, Russia had made it very clear during the last year that uh, Russia wants to be not just uh, to, be, to be part of the security system of Europe, but Russia wants to be um, in the center of the security system of Europe, not in the outskirts. On the other hand, uh, NATO is expected to adopt a new strategy, a new concept of NATO, which will happen in a couple of months. And uh, maybe these two months will be spent within NATO uh, and in dialogue with Russia in discussing how how uh, these two strategies uh, can be combined. The 150-year-old prediction of John Thomas, firmly based on a clear understanding of Ezekiel 38 and Daniel chapter 11, is moving to become a reality.
In his book Anatolia, or Russian Triumphant and Europe Chained, he foresaw using the light of scriptures a future situation where Russia would be at the center of the security system of Europe. The European system would be worn out and Russia would overtake many countries. Thomas wrote, Daniel does not particularize the extent of the dominion of the king of the north in the 11th chapter, though indeed he symbolizes it in the second. But what he has omitted in the 11th, Ezekiel has sufficiently supplied in his prophecy of Gog. By the names of the people he mentions in Gog's titles and the description of his army, the reader may learn what nations this autocrat gathered and heaped to himself as thick clay in the day of his high exaltation. Habakkuk 2, verses 5 to 6. Daniel says of him in general terms, He shall enter into the countries, and shall overwhelm, and shall pass over, and many, referring to countries, shall fall. That is, from weakness, as the word implies, the worn-out condition of the powers facilitating his progress. Ezekiel tells us that these countries are those of Magog, Gomer, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, and Tagarma, with all their hosts, in addition to Rosh, Meshach, and Thuval. He says that the king of the north, or Gog, is to be for Mishmar, a guard, sentinel, shepherd, or supervisor over all these. Ezekiel 38, verse 7. We continue to watch the nations of the world preparing themselves for the battle of the great day of God Almighty. We wait to see what will happen in Israel, what the policies of the next government will be. While the world tosses to and fro in economic crisis, let us lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Hebrews 6 verses 18 to 19. The word of God remains the only rock on which we can build our hopes and through which we can make any sense out of the present world crisis. God has spoken and clearly he states, my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Isaiah 55 verse 11. Tune in next week for another edition of the Bible in the News. <laughs>